Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Logistics Executive TV. Um, this is part of our Logistics Uncovered series, uh, which we're talking about logistics and supply chain matters that are taking place around the world. Today, I'm joined by the head of our consulting, Mark Lutton. Mark, thanks for joining me. It's great to be here, Kim. Thank you for inviting me. Welcome. Now, Mark, I want to talk today briefly about uh, the activities that are taking place in this region and some of the solutions to the disruptions that are happening here. Let's talk about Red Sea. What are some of the uh, solutions that you're seeing taking place to move containers? Well, as we all know, there's a major problem with uh, major shipping lines passing through the Red Sea. Uh, they're having to take a longer route. So we're seeing local logistics companies, Aramax, Barry Logistics, have set up solutions out of Saudi Arabia. And we're even seeing solutions as far away as Egypt and Lebanon coming through into UAE to allow uh, containers to be transshipped into South Asia. So these are, so this is a, a sea road solution? Yeah, sea, sea road solution. It complements the sea air solutions that are, are were already in place where we had uh, shipping lines stopping in Jebel Ali and then going out on Emirates and the same happening in Doha on Qatar Airways. Okay, so we're talking for the sea air is probably bringing back into play a lot of the cargo aircraft that perhaps have uh, not been as active since the end of COVID and rates have dropped considerably and the air capacity required isn't so great, right? Yeah, we're starting to see a take up uh, higher utilisation on air, air cargo. Uh, but of course, that's also offset by the increase in the number of passenger flights that have uh, from passing, transiting through the region. Uh, so there is still several planes still grounded. They're still not all back up in the air post-COVID. Okay. And the sea road solution for this region in both directions, Asia and Europe, Europe to Asia, means there needs to be thousands of more trucks, given that some of the big container ships hold up to 24,000 containers. I'm sure they're not all up being offloaded, but um, is there that sort of road capacity in the region? Well, I, I don't think there is. That That's where you would really need to have the railway in place in order to take the full capacity of all the ships. I think it's only for the customers that are really desperate and really need product to keep manufacturing lines running, to keep shops, inventory on the shelves of shops, or if it's perishable goods and yeah. they can afford to pay that additional uh, cost. Okay, yeah, so reefer containers, perishables, refrigerated uh, is top of the priority, I guess, from the yeah. uh, that experience. Of, of course, yes. And okay. If, of course, if that rail network had been in place, um, it's still several years off. That land bridge in Saudi is still under development. I think the project will be started at the end of this year to connect uh, Jeddah through Riyadh up to Dammam. And then it should connect into UAE. And then we should have a, a wider uh, GCC rail network in place. But that's four to five years off. Yeah, it is. There's been billions of dollars invested here, of course, Etihad Rail and in Saudi as well. Saudi Rail, uh, huge amounts of development for for tracks, mainly around cargo but uh, and freight, but also uh, passenger as well, yeah? Yeah, there, there's, we've seen Saudi Arabia this week talk about their, their luxury passenger service that they're uh, right. going to offer. The UAE had their first passenger train service 
which was for Adnock, was in, in the news this week. Still some way off, but you say there has been investment, but actually there's four times more investment in the next 10 years in real than what there has been in the last 10 years. Uh, that's interesting. Um, so let's span out a little bit and look at the broader perspective globally. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, how other routes, we, we know a lot of the majority of ships are now going around Cape Horn, around South Africa um, to, to help deal with the bottleneck. Um, what about uh, the rail between China and Europe? Is that a, is that a viable thing? Is, is there capacity there to move containers out of, out of Asia into Europe? Well, yeah, we discovered that during COVID times, whenever there was no airlines flying between Asia and Europe, the, the Trans-Siberian was, they added extra trains, they added extra capacity, but there was still long delays at either end to get to the uh, containers and the cargo onto the trains and off it because the uh, transmodal wasn't uh, enough to be able to manage the capacity. And so they, that with this current crisis in the Red Sea, there has been a diversion, but again, it doesn't. It's not able to replace the the number of ships that we have. Shipping yeah. still the major mode of transport for our goods around the world. Yeah, I, th I think this has just been highlighted to the world in general uh, in the last month or so. Just the massive amount of traffic. You see those maps on uh, on LinkedIn and elsewhere uh, and TikTok about how many thousands of ships. Uh, are moving at any given time. But what is interesting is that there is still ships passing through. They're actually migrating it on to smaller container ships, uh, local players that have been able to get agreements with the uh, with the Houthis to be able to pass through uh, the Red Sea. Sure. Okay. And look, just to wrap up, what about um, shipping through the Arctic Circle? We hear more about climate change and, and all of this. And, you know, every now and again, I see there's ships traveling through there, icebreakers mainly. But is that likely to be a major route for, for container traffic? Well, well that, that's another one for the future, Kim. Obviously, global warming, we are starting to see the, the channels up uh, through the north uh, of Canada and across through the north of uh, Russia, through the Arctic, are staying opening earlier and staying opening open longer during uh, longer into the autumn period. It's still not a route that is 12 months of the year possible. So therefore, it's not a solution that you can rely on as a, if you want a reliable supply chain. Thanks so much for joining us, Mark Lutton, Head of Consulting and Corporate Advisory for our Logistics Executive Group. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Thanks for having me today, Kim. It was a pleasure. And thanks for joining us on Logistics Executive TV. I look forward to catching up with you and you, Mark, as well in the next week or two again. Thank you. I look forward to it.